Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him, saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later, he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as the scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, that your spirit may come and dwell among us, that it open our minds, that it soften our hearts, so that as we hear what we need to hear today, that it may shape us and mold us, that it may push us to be your hands and feet in this world as we act as co-laborers, as co-creators with you. And your mission here. We ask these things in your most holy name. Amen. We hear a cry for justice in this morning's reading from a widow who has been ignored by a judge. I don't think our English translation gives enough credit to this widow. Because when you start breaking down some of the Greek, you find that this judge is pretty worried. When the judge says that he does not want to be worn out, it's almost like a boxing term that he's using. This widow just keeps coming at him with jab after jab, round after round, and she is not relenting. But even that being said, why should we care about the widow in this parable? It's not like we should be surprised that the widow was being denied the justice, the vindication that she deserved. Yet there is something else that is troubling about this parable that should startle us, that should shake us up to see that things are not the way they should be. What should strike us in this morning's reading is the poignant question that Jesus poses. When the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? 
There's a lot to unpack in this question. But at the heart, we might find that Jesus is worried that by the time he comes back, nothing will be different. You see, the act of faith is an act that should challenge the very norms we have come to know and embrace. Faith takes us to the places where people are hurting, where people are wrestling with depression, with grief, with trauma, abuse. Faith takes us to the hidden corners where we have tried to make marginal people invisible. And faith should bring us to a place where those who are supposed to be the models of faith are just, in reality, as broken as the rest of us. All of this is to say that faith challenges us to hear the cries of justice and to seek out their vindication in the name of God's justice that is inscribed on all of our hearts. I've really enjoyed doing the Bible study we've been doing here at church, where we're skimming through the Old Testament. And that's a plug. If you haven't been yet, I encourage you to. It's been fun for a number of reasons, but the top I found is that I've most enjoyed the insights from the people who have attended. Mainly how we've talked about how the Old Testament is filled with women and men who have made mistakes. People who, in reality, are almost like you and me. But out of that brokenness, the brokenness of these individuals, God finds a way to use the pieces that are left to bring the restoration, the healing that is needed. It fits the theme of, of what we've been talking about in this study, and it fits the theme of this passage, especially when we in this study have looked at Genesis 1 and 2, where God created humankind to be co-laborers, co-creators. That means that you and I play a part of the unfolding narrative of this world. And if that sounds like a really big responsibility, that's because it is. But it's also a blessing. It's a blessing when we are able to give ear to the widow, the orphan, the ones who have been seeking justice for as long as they can remember. And in the times when their voices fall on deaf ears, that's when you and I come into play. I don't know if many of us could imagine what it was like to be in the position of the widow who persistently went after the judge in order to reach his ears, a judge who, did also, who also did not fear God. I don't know if there's anyone here who could imagine ourselves in that position. Because what kind of persevering prayer, what kind of constant knocking did that widow have to do to receive the justice that she so sought? In a commentary I read about this passage, it had talked about an elderly black minister who said, until you have stood for years at a locked door, your knuckles bleeding you don't really know what prayer is. And to some extent, that's true. But yet also, maybe we do know a little bit what it's like to be in the widow's place. 
Perhaps we know because we've stood knocking at the door praying, praying for a loved one. Or maybe it's because there was a father or a mother or a son or daughter or nephew or niece who has mourned the loss of one taken by unjust hands or an unjust system. I don't know your life story, but to some degree I would bet that you do know what it's like to have blood dripping down your hand from knocking on the door and waiting for a response, an answer to the things that needed attention in your life. Our lives may feel like an endless string of prayers. Those prayers may feel unanswered. They may make us feel frustrated. They may even make us feel angry. The thing, though, is that that is okay. It is in the persistence of our prayers, the prayers that are written on our hearts and the prayers in our actions, where we find that we come to sit in the balance and the tension of God's mysterious actions and our own desires. We do not know everything that will come our way or the hurdles or when the hurdles that we face will cease. All we know is that life, a life of prayer, is a cycle. It's a cycle of asking, seeking, knocking, and waiting, and trust that can sometimes grow weary. But that is what it means to have a persistent and an even healthy view of faith and prayer. I think we should be a little concerned if prayer is something that only brings a smile to our face. Because we know, like the widow, faith and prayer can be hard. That is the kind of faith, the kind of prayer, the kind of world-moving acts that Jesus is hoping he will find when he returns. It's not about people who are pious. It's not about people who have all the right answers or who have lived life perfectly and have everything in a right and proper order, if they're good Presbyterians. <laughs> but it is about people with bleeding knuckles who have never stopped seeking justice, who never gave up, who kept fighting for the rights, the voices of others and themselves until the law of God has brought vindication to all of them. The power in this morning's reading is that we are told of what could be if only we set our minds on one another and God instead of ourselves. Because, you see, if the unjust judge who did not fear God and did not have respect for other people could grant justice, imagine what exponential good could come about when those of us who have faith, who have a respect for one another, having those things instilled on our hearts, imagine what could happen if we were to act then with justice, love, and mercy. I feel like I've used that word instilled or the phrase written on our hearts a few times this morning. And that's because I hope you've picked up on that. I'm alluding to the hope that is found for us in the reading from Jeremiah. The prophet tells us that God says, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In the midst of our knocking, in the midst of our perpetual longings, we will find that God has written on our hearts the things that are needed to give us a glimpse into what life together with God and one another can truly be. And that glimpse into what things could be and should be in our current... uh, It's a glimpse of what could be and what should be in our current reality if we were not bound by the forces that keep us from seeing the image of God in one another. While in prison for participating in a nonviolent demonstration, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter from his prison cell in the Birmingham jail. A letter, uh, a part of that letter that still speaks to us and to this parable from the gospel according to Luke says this. Moreover, I am cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. And I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Our lives are intricately connected to one another. The injustice that the widow experienced impacts all of us, whether we know it or not. It may not have that explicit result, but it reflects on our own spiritual well-being when we let the cries of persistent prayers go unanswered. You see, you and I, you and I are the hands and the feet of Christ. Those of us who are God-fearing have the power to answer those prayers as well, to bring justice, to answer the prayers of one another as well in our own perpetual work as it goes on, living in a community that is driven by our faith and our prayers. The immediate reward of granting such justice, granting such prayers, may not be grand. But we would surely feel confident or find some kind of hope, resolution, in knowing then what Christ would find when he returns. So who are, or what are, the unjust judges in your lives? Who or what needs relentless pleading for justice and restoration? And in what ways can we answer God's question of how much more needs to go on? In what ways can our lives more faithfully co-labor with God in a pursuit of justice and wholeness and reconciliation? Justice, God's justice, God's justice of wholeness is in the here and now. It shouldn't be a dream. It shouldn't be a dream that we think of of coming at some distant point in time. But it's a reality. 
It all comes down to whether or not our lives are willing to endure and persist for the sake of love and faith that one day our work will bring healing to those who need it. Healing to those in this church, healing and justice to those in our community, healing and justice and wholeness to those who live beyond our state and beyond wherever it is God is calling us to be. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.